0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Good afternoon, one and all, welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defo and Luby, where Sans the Defo, here on a new year new edition 2022 we just got myself mike luby luba today i'm joined by longtime actor now one of the stars of new amsterdam nbc's hit on tuesday nights the one and only tyler labine joins us today good afternoon good morning tyler how you doing
0: Good morning and good afternoon to you, too. I'm doing well. Happy 2022. Yes,
1: happy new year. We're starting it off right with Tyler here. Been in the biz a long time. Uh, new Amsterdam now is in season four every Tuesday. You can check it out, 10 o'clock. I've been a big fan of New Amsterdam. And I got to say, Tyler, it's interesting because I love these uh, medical dramas. I've always been a big fan, but it's very in- interesting to see that medical show compared to real life, because I've never spent any time with doctors, but what's really cool about your show is it is every single doctor, including your character, Dr. Iggy Fromm, who's the head of psychiatry, is very hands-on and very emotionally attached to the characters in the show, to the uh, issues on the show. How has it been being involved in New Amsterdam? It's been a smash hit pretty much since day one.
0: Yeah, I I lost a lot of your question there, unfortunately. It's getting broken up. But I think what you're getting at is that the show feels very hands-on and in touch, sort of in tune with what's happening in in real life. Yeah, well, that's not by mistake. I mean, I think early on, David Schulner, our showrunner and creator, decided, like, I like medical dramas, too, like a lot of us do. He's like, but I think there's been a few things missing, you know, i.e. being in touch with reality, (laughs) sort of accurately representing what's going on with medical – community and industry in this country, uh, first and foremost, and then also, like, the real effect that it has on families and people in this country uh, and patients, you know? This show, in a lot of ways, is not so much about the main doctors. It's really about the patients. Um, and yes, we all have our storylines, and it's all very touching, And but that stuff's really pulled from reality, too. David Schillner has gone out of his way, and our writers have gone out of their way to really pay attention to what's happening with their actors in real life, what they've been through uh, I put some of my own personal problems out on Front Street for this show with eating disorder and disordered eating and, and uh, body shaming and all kinds of things. And inclusivity has been the name of the game, and I think it's really worked for this show because people are demanding to be seen, and this show is seeing you, you know?
1: Yeah, we're talking with Tyler LaBean plays Dr. Iggy Fromm on the smash hit for NBC on Tuesdays, New Amsterdam. Well, what's interesting is, and you sort of just said it, In real life, doctors always have this sort of aura of perfection. Your doctors don't. Your doctors have all had major issues, and it's pretty clear. And you guys just sort of run with it and use it. I feel like that also helps is what brought the audience into it because your characters are humans, and they don't hide that fact.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just speaking from the medical uh, health standpoint, I've been in therapy for years. And the reason I like my therapist is because my therapist is very flawed. You know, like, who wants wants to go and and get advice from someone who has lived a trouble-free, quote-unquote, perfect life, you know? I think that the more flawed these doctors are um, and the more kind of vulnerable and open we are uh, or the way we're represented on the show, I think it's like, it makes way more sense and rings way more true than seeing some golden god, you know, doctor Who's untouchable? That's how we're made to feel in this country with the medical healthcare industry as it is. It's like these are untouchable, you know, people. It's not true. they are flawed people who have, especially people who are doctors working in public hospitals. They deserve all the credit in the world and are very intuitive, compassionate, caring people who go above and beyond a lot, often at the behest of their own life. You know, their, their personal life really suffers. So I think it's fun to see <clears throat> just how how far we can push that, you know, like Iggy has fallen apart on this show yeah. <laughs> from yeah. from top to bottom. I think some fans have been like, Oh my God, this guy is not qualified. But I think <laughs> if you reach, if you reach deep enough, you'd see that, you know, he's a very good doctor. He's just, he's just flawed. Like we all are.
1: And again, a new Amsterdam Tuesdays, on NBC. It's been a hit pretty much since day one. What has been interesting, you talk about how the show really takes what's going on in the world and uses it and puts it front street on New Amsterdam. COVID has been going on for now more than half of what New Amsterdam's lifespan is. How have you guys dealt with that? Not on the show, but just getting through it. Because we've known a lot of, yeah. se- a lot of television has been affected by it. How have you guys been affected by COVID?
0: Well, you know... A lot of shows, ongoing shows through the pandemic, had two two options. Either, you know, um, actually observe and represent what's going on with COVID in the world, or totally um, remain ignorant to it, you know? Not ignorant, wrong term. Just keep it out of their show, because, you know, people want escapism, after all. So our show, I think, remaining on brand, and our showrunner and our writers were like, well, we're not the type of show to just pretend that we're not in the middle of a global pandemic. So they leaned into it and made it a very integral part of the show. So season three was a truncated season for safety reasons. Um, so there was that had to deal with all the protocol, like the the, the very stringent uh, COVID pro- protocol, which is still going on in our show. Testing every day, even on your days off, you have to come in and get okay. tested. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot, you know. We have all of our zones separated: zone A, zone B, zone C. Um, None of the actors can hang out together in between takes. We all get shuttled off to separate rooms. We can't eat lunch together. We don't have table reads together. It's all via Zoom. We can all relate to that feeling right now, right? You don't even even get to spend time with the people that you work with. The only time we take our masks off is when we're rolling. So we rehearse for every scene and block every scene masked up. And then the the first time you're speaking those words without a mask on is on camera. You're rolling. And it changes things. It feels different when you're not wearing a mask, you know. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a, a really big adjustment. And <laughs> unfortunately, we're all totally used to it now. It's just the way that feels, you know, like this is the way we do it now. And I, I, I remember in the beginning feeling like, oh, I'll never get used to this. This is terrible. I'm kind of like, it just sort of has become commonplace on, on, on our show anyway. Um, and then as far as the content, that we've been uh, putting out there with the show, it's been very personal. So it's it's exhausting. A lot of this stuff just touches so close to home. If not for me directly, for at least you know most of us on on the set, on the cast, people who are watching the show, we're like we're really talking about stuff that hurts like every day. <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's like there's a lot. I know that the season was about finding more joy, which you know some of the characters really have. But it's always a bumpy path. I think that's kind of the path that we're actually on right now. Like, people have had enough. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of hurt. Um, a lot of mental health issues cropping up around the pandemic. And we're talking about them because it's time to start healing. And healing sometimes really hurts, you know. Uh, finding your joy isn't always joyful. Uh, it's it's the journey along the way that, you know, is the hardest. So, But that's what's been happening on the show, you know. Yeah. And happening for people in real life everywhere.
1: New Amsterdam, check it out, Tuesdays on NBC. Tyler Labine plays Dr. Iggy Fromm. A great character, does a great job. Big fan of the show. Thanks, Tyler, for your time. Continued success, and hopefully you can start, you know, hanging out with your fellow actors on the show again. Uh, thanks for your time, and we look forward to hopefully talking to you again. Thanks a lot,
0: Tyler. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: That
0: was Tyler
1: from. That was actually... Tyler Labine who plays Dr. Iggy from? It's actually a tremendous show, New Amsterdam. I wasn't joking. I've been watching that show since its inception. I haven't watched much this season, um, so definitely look forward to getting back into it. But, yes, the characters are very human. And I get it. We've seen all these medical dramas where the characters have imperfections. You know, these characters go through a lot, and they go through a lot from the beginning. And it is sort of cool to see that in Doctors because we always have this hero complex that we either do it with the Doctors or the Doctors themselves sort of treat themselves like they're heroes. The doctors don't do it. They're pretty honest with who they are, and it it comes out in the show, and it's made it really a hit from the beginning. And I I do... It is interesting to me to find out how they have dealt with it to get the job done because we saw for that first few months of COVID, TV movies weren't happening because they're trying to figure out how to do it. Now, we're two full years into COVID, heading into year three of the pandemic, And they still wear masks when they're, you know, between takes. Keep themselves separated. Aren't hanging out. And when you do anything, whether it's a team sport or a play or a movie or anything that involves interacting with others, (laughs) the interaction between the work is just as important as the interaction on screen. And the fact that they are not able to just hang out, it's interesting that they're able to still get on the screen and have that same chemistry because that show is... All about chemistry, and they do a really good job, so you should definitely check it out. NBC, Tuesday nights, New Amsterdam. That was Tyler Labine, Dr. Iggy From It is 2022. Welcome back to After Hours with Defo and Luby Defo, We'll be back tomorrow. I had a very, very, very interesting New Year's. I just went on the family vacation in-law style. My wife, who we're married now, nine months ago, got married back in March. Been together almost five years. It'll be five years in February. We do this thing where we go on trips with her family. And I know people, Defoe makes fun of me here. We, we have a daily show. We do from uh, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can find that ionchannel.com slash the dash Defoe dash show. Or just Google the Defo show. And Defo's made fun of me. Now we've been doing shows together for 12 years. He's made fun of me for the last five years because my wife Shirley and I are very close to both of our families. It, it sounds again to those who are married, to those who are divorced, to those who are estranged, to those who have been in relationships, it sounds fucking crazy. I admit that. But yes, we, she is very close with my family and I'm very close to her family. We've traveled a lot with her family. I literally went to Thailand for Thailand. Yes, Thailand. Flew in a plane to China. China to Thailand. Thailand. Back home. With my in-laws, my sister-in-law. And we've, last year, we spent the New Year's Holiday from Christmas to New Year's in Helen, Georgia. Did some skiing in North Carolina. And this year, we just went to, we stopped in Atlanta, did Asheville. Anyone who knows Asheville, North Carolina, very beautiful city. Uh, It wasn't as cold as we thought it would be, being that it's the end of December. We're from South Florida. So we thought it'd be like 30s and 40s. It was more 60s and 70s. But as a South Floridian, that worked for me. I didn't need it to be freezing. Did some skiing. Then came back, stopped in Jacksonville, and got home. So for those of you who are like, what the hell's wrong with you? How do you spend that much time with your in-laws? I actually like man in-laws. <laughs> I get along with them well. It actually mattered a lot to me that I was close to my in-laws. Uh, Shirley is close to my family, and it makes life a hell of a lot easier talking to some buddies of mine who not do not have that experience where their in-laws and, and their spouses don't get along. I don't know. As someone that it's the opposite, it makes my life a hell of a lot easier. So yeah, went skiing, Uh, For the second time, I enjoyed it. Not everyone in the family (laughs) was as uh, capable as I was, but we got through it. The car ride, which was default, making fun of me, that was my biggest fear, right? Because we're driving 12 hours in one vehicle, six of us. My sister-in-law is great. I love her, like a little sister, but she can be a lot. Her husband's a great dude. Uh, My wife's amazing. My father and mother-in-law are tremendous, but six grown-ass adults, In one vehicle for 12 hours is a lot. The one magical thing is they're sleepers. Now, here's the deal. I'm not a sleeper. Like, when we go on a flight and my wife loves traveling. I like traveling. She loves traveling. And she'll go anywhere. I'm not used to that. So, this is what I've gotten acclimated to. We just did the European vacation where we were gone for 10 days. And we went to France and Italy and New York and nice long flights. I don't sleep on flights. Like, I just don't. I can knock out for like 30 to 45 minutes, but I don't pass out. Well, my wife passes out. Like the minute we sit down and they get going and she knows food's not coming It out. That's the one positive for this trip because my sister-in-law, my wife, knock out. So what I was really afraid about was the drive. It actually wasn't bad because everyone slept the entire freaking time. So it actually allowed the trip to nice and slowly transition From being home into trip, trip into home. And it went really well. So for those of you who don't give a a shit about my trip, I'm sorry. (laughs) But uh, I had a really good time. I hope you had a tremendous Christmas, a Merry Christmas. And had a wonderful new year. It was a lot of football. We really got crappy. That's the funny thing. Like, the college football season is, by most accounts, the best regular season. Because most regular seasons are ass when it comes to American sports. But every year, the playoffs suck. And again, it was a disaster. Like Georgia, Michigan should have been a good game. Michigan has almost as good a defense as Georgia, and actually has a better offense. But it wasn't. Stetson Bennett, who's still a walk-on quarterback, who has this team playing well, and it's mostly they have a, a tremendous defense. They have a really good offensive line. They can run pretty well, and he just doesn't make mistakes. And they thumped Michigan. Like that should ne- that should not have been the case. We I thought the seven and a half points, which was the spread, was way too high. No, it was about right, as Georgia annihilated Michigan from the outset, and little Cincinnati that could, was not. And again, look, I get it. Notre Dame, all these teams that have been pitted up against Alabama outside of Georgia have just gotten annihilated in these playoffs. So, for Cincinnati to get rocked from beginning to end, actually Cincinnati was closer in that game than Michigan was against Georgia, shouldn't say so much about the group of 5 teams it shouldn't mean that they never get back in again however that's what it's going to do i mean cincinnati was not on the same field as alabama you knew from the beginning that alabama was going to win that game it was just by how much and actually if you watched that game closely it felt like alabama took it easy on them like they knew, they weren't high flying most of that game they were playing a nice close to the vest they it sort of felt like they knew they were going to win and they weren't going to take any chances as they're going into the play championship game against georgia who they just now, Georgia starts off as a favorite in that game. I think it's two and a hook. They just played in the SEC championship game. Georgia was a heavy favorite. Georgia was better all year long, was undefeated going into that game. Alabama already had a loss to Texas A&M, who ended up having four losses. Um, and then Alabama went, and the Bryce Young won the Heisman in that game. So I, I guess Vegas is thinking, look, it's the second time playing. Georgia has maybe learned some things. Maybe they'll open up. Because that's the problem with Georgia. Tesson Bennett is a nice quarterback. He's not a high flyer. And Georgia, that's the one thing under Kirby Smart they've sort of struggled with is they don't get great skill position players. They get guys that are five stars, but you watch Alabama's wide receivers. Alabama lost three receivers last year, three, okay? And it didn't matter. They now have three again that are going to be first-round caliber NFL guys. Every year, their receivers are elite. Georgia's guys don't fly off the page like that. And they and they recruited, Georgia literally is the one program that recruits right there with Alabama. Every year, they're either one in the country or two. They recruit right there with Alabama, but they don't seem to get the high-flying skill position guys. And Alabama does. Alabama used to do this running bullshit and old-school offense. And then Lane Kiffin came in and opened Nick Saban's eyes to be high-fly, high-flying. And now they get five-star quarterbacks, and they spread it out, and they have a ridiculous defense. And... They score a lot. Well, Georgia doesn't. Kirby Smart is very old school, still in how he runs his offenses. They run the ball, they put up some points, and they play dominant defense. And that was great all year until you played Bama, who's going to score. No matter how good your defense is, Bama's going to score. you got to keep up, and Georgia wasn't able to keep up. So I guess—and look, versus Michigan, who has an elite defense, Georgia put up points. So maybe Vegas is thinking Georgia will open it up, learn their lesson— and put up some freaking points. I hope so. Look, I, I hate that again. It's an SEC battle. We've seen this a few times now. I really like to see that. Like, what sucks is the SEC isn't as spectacular as people think. The SEC was horrible in bowl games, and that matters. They just have the two best programs in college football. Like Ohio State's really good. Oklahoma's been good. Now Lincoln Riley's gone. LSU's been pretty solid. Notre Dame's solid. Georgia and Alabama are head and shoulders above everybody. They're just they recruit one and two every single year. Yes, this year Texas A and M with Jimbo Fisher because Riley left and Eddie O was gone, so A and M picked off the LSU and the Oklahoma guys that were decommitted. No one recruits like Georgia and Alabama, and that is seen every year and how good those two programs are. But. it's sort of annoying to see them face off again. However, look, if they're the two best, I'd rather see that than a thumping. I don't want to see, because Ohio State, we saw, look, they struggled in the Rose Bowl. So like, what was it, What would they do against an Alabama? What would they do against Georgia? So look, these are the two best teams. Let them face off. I hope we see a much better game than we saw in the SEC Championship game, because that was a disaster. That was freaking dreadful. Uh, I think what Georgia hopefully learned their lesson and they realized, look, we got to open it up. As good as their defense is, they're going to score, and that's cool. We have talent. We got to go toe-to-toe, and I hope that's what we get. The NFL, we're a week away from the playoffs. One more week of the regular season. My Miami Dolphins laid a massive egg. The Tua chants are getting louder and louder to get rid of the kid. I, I Look, I, I mean, what would you put in his place? This is one of the worst quarterback drafts in years. Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett. And Sam Howell and Malik, uh, I mean, hey, like, come on, like, th- these guys are fine, but none of them are legit franchise guys day one. Like, you had two legit franchise guys day one, and Justin Fields and Lawrence last year, and they look like ass. and they had better things around them than two ahead. Like, I'm a, people will call me a blind to a fan. I'm not. I, I, I don't like Bama. I just I saw what the kid did in college, and I thought he was the best quarterback prospect the Dolphins had drafted since Marino. So I was very excited to have him. And to me, he's under two years with the Dolphins. They have one of the worst receiving cores in football. They have the worst running back backfield in football. They have statistically the worst offensive line. Yet the kid has a winning record. And they were on the precipice of the playoffs until this week. So what what else can you expect from the kid? Yeah, two was not spectacular. Yeah, the offense looks limited. Yeah, he looks limited. Well, who wouldn't? He's rushed almost on every play, and that's what's actually pretty impressive is they have statistically the worst offensive line. They have no running game, so the kid's getting annihilated almost on every play, yet he's like fourth or fifth least sacked. That's solely on the quarterback. So just think if he actually had a running game and he had some receivers and he had an actual NFL offensive line. Like, what would he be? So Dolphins fans are losing their mind nationally. Two was done. It's time for the Dolphins to move on. I don't know who they would go and get. I think that's totally stupid. Um, but that's what we're dealing with down here in South Florida. The rest of the NFL was interesting. The Chiefs were putting it to the Bengals and then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase said not so fast, my friends, turned it around, came back and clinched the AFC South, which is AFC North. That's AFC North. Clinched AFC North, a division that has the Ravens, the Steelers, and those Browns that were three teams with a lot of expectations. No, the Bengals snuck in in year two of Joe Burrow after being hurt for most of last year and... They won the division. So that was impressive from the Bengals. Chiefs sort of licking their wounds the Patriots. Coasted to a big victory yesterday. The Bills as well. And the AFC East. Uh, you have the Titans who thumped the Dolphins. And they clinched their division, I think, last week. But they they clinched the playoffs by their division this week. Oh, they clinched their division this week. The AFC South, Tennessee Titans. And the NFC is very interesting. The Bucs were down for most of their game versus the Jets. Looked like they were going to lose versus the Jets. 15 seconds left. Brady throws it to the and also Rand, who gets a touchdown with under 15 seconds, and the Bucks steal a victory from the Jets. You have the Rams pull a victory out of their arse against the Ravens. So it was a very, very, very exciting NFL weekend, very exciting college football playoffs. We have the college football championship game next Monday, January 10th. We have the last week of the NFL playoffs this weekend, and so much more in the sports world coming to you this is Luby Defo we'll be back tomorrow thank you for tuning into after hours with Defo and Luby today again Tyler Labine was our guest thank you to him he plays dr Iggy fromm on the NBC smash hit New Amsterdam right in the middle of season four again you can check that out Tuesdays at 10 pm for the non-existent Defo who'll be back tomorrow I am Mike Luby Lubitz check us out Tomorrow morning, actually, you can check out everything we do. We do a daily show, like a live show. Who knew? A live show. Uh, just Google The Defoe Show. You can check us out there. Please subscribe. Check out all we're doing there. And every day, right here on The Believe Podcast Network, after hours. We see you tomorrow, right here on The Believe Podcast Network. And as Defoe always likes to sign off and say, you got to believe.
0: The championship meet is right around the corner at Gulfstream Park, the only place for live racing. Gulfstream's action has never been hotter, whether it's on the track in the casino or part of the dining and entertainment offered at the village of Gulfstream Park. Currently running Thursday through Sunday, Gulfstream's racing package is the best in the country, with all the top horses and people in the game pointing towards another tremendous winter season. Check out the remodeled first-floor casino, open seven days and nights a week, along with the many special events and concerts happening at Gulfstream Park. You can place your wagers from anywhere at firstbet.com. Check the calendar of events at gulfstreampark.com.
1: Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business, and the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call, Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side?
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.